Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Talk about a pressure penalty from a man who hasn't always had the cleanest record, but he converts this one with cheek. With style, with coolness, Arsenal snatched at the death. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever the time might be when you're listening to this podcast. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal. And it has been the same old Arsenal, even during the international break. Um... No news as yet as whether the great one is going to stay or or leave. Uh, we have some horrible news on Twitter. I'm not saying it's true or not. We're going to get it. we're going to start talking about that um, straight away. Let me introduce my co-hosts, the judge Lee. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you very much, Craig. As you. I'm all right, mate. I'm all right, I think. Um, I'm so depressed about Arsenal, I've just eaten two trays of Jaffa cakes. I, <laughs> not good for the waistline, that's No, not it's not. It's not. But I'm so depressed, I, I don't know what to do. I just saw the Jaffa cakes and I said, I'm just going to eat them. I, was... I had a great weekend this weekend. Arsenal didn't lose. Can't beat it. <laughs> do you know what I said? That? I said that to myself. I said, I said, I said that to myself. Oh, this weekend can't be ruined because... Arsenal ain't playing. And then I thought to myself, you look, 11 o'clock Sunday night, Fengirl announced that he's signing for five years. That would just be <laughs> my luck, that. We have a new guest this evening, Lee. Yes. Um, a good friend of yours, I believe. So I'll let you do the introducing. Okay, right. This is my mate, Tony. We go to Arsenal all the time together. Um, home and away, but Tony... Um, don't go so much away now because uh, he's just had a lovely little baby called Harper. So don't um, go home games as much, and not as many home games as that because of that, and basically because um, of his love for Arsene Wenger that he doesn't go so much, like you know. So, um, <laughs> so Tony Fain, hello Tony. Good evening, boys. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, Tony. Thanks for coming on, mate. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, Looking forward to it. A man that needs no introduction. A man I've known for. 
the two or three, nearly three years I have been involved in doing things like this. Pure gentleman, Mr. Kenny Ken. How are you, sir? Um, I've had a, I'm very happy to, and honoured to be in this uh, podcast again. I listened to it last week. I very enjoyed the listen. It was a great discussion with Giles and you know, our good friend Wayne. And I hope um, all of us do it justice. I had a great... Um, it was Mother's Day on Sunday, so I ended up um, eating as much as I wanted in Crouching's with me mum. And um, a couple of days before that, I was watching a bit of football. Just want to wish um, the best wishes to um, Seamus Coleman. Mm, um, yeah. Wish well him a speedy, yeah. speedy recovery. Like I said, it's going to be a long, longer um, like injury layoff, but if anyone can make it back you know, as good as new, I, I expect him to. He's a fantastic player, good, good lad. And a player that I respect a lot, and he's probably he's probably the best right back in um, in English football at the moment. Even though he plays for the Irish Republic, but he's for me he's the best right back in the country. He started off in the Aircom League over here, you know. He started yeah. off playing for Sligo Rovers, yep. Yeah. Playing for Sligo Rovers in the in the Aircom League, and then he went to Everton. You put uh, him in front of the bushy. Would <laughs> I put him in front of the? Oh, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> All day long. <laughs> no, but he's a he's a he's he, every time I've, I've seen him play for Everton, he's I've always seen him give seven out of ten performances. And he's on interview, he comes across um, very well. Comes across a very like well brought up, hum, humble um, lad. And I'm swishing the yeah. bed. Yeah, well said, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, it was, well yeah, it was a horror tackle. Um, when I saw it in real time, I thought, mm, is that just a missed time tackle? But then I watched it in slow motion three or four times and you know that it was just horrific um, and if you ask me players should be banned for six months absolutely mm. horrific and then of course you had Gareth Bale ten minutes before that nearly mm. breaking John O'Shea's leg um, something's I think, got the, a... I think the Bale one's very very slightly different because the ball's in there to be won mm. um, and unfortunately in a game of, in a, you know in a contact sport I don't think anyone intentionally goes in there to hurt someone. You know, we've all played football at all levels. You leave your foot in, you know, you want to let your opponent know you're there. But mm. to really go in and hurt someone, I think you've got to be a, a little bit twisted to do that. And I, I just can't see any footballer really going into yeah. to intentionally hurt mm. someone that bad. You mean you mean a bit you mean a bit Roy Keane? Well, he was a bit of a one-off. He was just a bit twisted in the head. He was. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, uh, but you don't, you know, the Taylor one, you know, we, as Arsenal fans, we've had it on many occasions. Mm. You know, the, the, the best way to get into Arsenal is to get stuck into them. Yeah. But is that to get stuck into them to break their legs or just, you know, leave a dirty tackle? Um, you know, I, I think Who it's a knows? bit harsh for Taylor. Yeah. It's, it's, it, the, tackle, the tackle deserves more than a three-game ban. You know, when you put it in comparison with Seamus Coleman's going to be out six to nine months, mm. Taylor's going to be given a three-match ban. Does it warrant the, you know... You know, when you put it in comparison, no, it no, doesn't. It doesn't mate. But You're dead right. I think he's had a lot. I think he's had a lot of unfair sticks. I, I don't think truly any person goes in there to deliberately, you know, break someone's leg. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't think he's done it on purpose. You know, but what I'm saying is, the more I watch it in slow motion, you know, it's horrific, horrible tackle. Oh, he's out. He's, he's out of control. Yeah, there's yeah, no two yeah. better. Anyway, I think that's the thing. But like I said before, just just wish the lad the best. I think the thing is right is that when you see a, a, a re, you see the sort of aftermath of what's happened, you tend you 
you tend to think, well, he's broken his leg, and you immediately judge it as, judge it as a harsh tackle, a hard tackle, and an unfair one. But it's one of those things when you're both off the ground, the both players are off the ground. He's cut, he caught him, he missed the ball, and mm. there's only one one thing that's going to happen. I mean, it was a fifty-fifty. You know, fine lines. It was, yeah. yeah. It was. Fine it lines. Was a 50-50. It's fine lines as well because I, I, I can name probably two or three tackles that have been worse than that this season. But fortunately mm. for the, the person or the opponent on yes. the receiving end of the tackle, yeah. they've got away with the injury. Oh, are, we talking about, are we talking about Marcus Rojo? Well, let's just say he's had one or two two footed ch- tackles, which yeah. I don't think two of them even got a yellow card, if I'm honest. Yeah, not at all, yeah. Mm. Um, so I think, the, I think the injury goes a long way because if he doesn't get injured. No one remembers that tackle. No one even sort of mentions it. Very true. Very true. But unfortunately, yeah. a poor bloke's got injured, and you know he's going to be out for six to nine months. When you know he's a he's a, a player that gives hundred percent week in week out, and probably doesn't deserve it. Yeah, I highly rate Shamus Carman. Always have done. Um, Typifies what you need in a in a, in a good squad. Hundred percent committed, passionate. You know, good engine, uh, and a big heart, and a nice lad. Yeah. Yeah, he seems to be seems to be very committed to Everton and, and like you say, his country. Anyway, let's uh, let's turn our uh, our attentions to the debacle that is uh, Arsenal Football Club. Um, I don't know if you or any any of you three have seen on Twitter, but Alexis Sanchez has supposedly come out with a quote um, that he wants to stay in London, but he wants to stay in London. To play for a team that's winning and that has a winning mentality. Lee Judges. How are well, you I... taking that? How are you taking that? Is he well, leaving? <clears throat> is, he... Do you... is he staying? Is he leaving? Or is he saying this to put the ball back in the court um, of the board and the management? Well, fingers crossed. That's what I'm hoping that he's doing. I, as a player, I think he, I'm, I'm getting the feeling... He loves Arsenal, but is um, not happy with the way things are going. And I think he's like every every fan. Um, you know, if I was Alexis Sanchez, at this moment in time, I wouldn't sign. But if he can uh, push push them to make a few signings, and I think it's it's a good thing for Arsenal because it's going to show show the world and us fans the actual ambitions of us as a football club. Mm. Now I don't think it is about money. I think you know he's going to get a good a good wage whether he goes here. He might get twenty, thirty, fifty grand more at Chelsea. I don't know, but the 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 front of the matter is he's going to get well paid at Arsenal. It's about his ambitions. It's about winning things, and I think he's just thrown it in the thrown it into him and said, "Look, you know, show me what you're going to do. Show me some signings," and I, I think he'd sign. I think the first thing that's got to happen... And but Lee, can I just butt into that, mate? Sorry. You what? say about, obviously, the board and the club showing ambition, but haven't we been in this you know, in this position... I was just about you know, to say it. Year after year, Fabregas, Van Persie. Van Persie, you know, yeah. even, even possibly Adi Bayor, you know, they've all, you know, Nasri, they've all wanted ambition. We haven't shown it. What makes you think this year is going to be any different oh, to the last I 10 years? I think that is because I think over the last few years, going back to Robin Van Persie and all those players... We had this thing of our hands tied behind our back with a stadium. That is not there no more. That that excuse is gone. Mm. So I, I think this summer, if, if there is no <coughs> ambition from the club, and I mean big, big signings, then I think we might as well pack up our tents and go and support some team in non-league. That's <laughs> how I feel. Um, because Arsenal have got to come out. You know, one of the reasons that we signed, uh, we signed up for the 
uh, Emirates was because it was the promise of superstar players and buying them and not selling them. And all of a sudden now, we've got two players, not just two players, I know we're going to go on to this later on, but four or five players that are, are in their last year of their contracts. Now, why is that happening? That's something we can go on to later. But at this moment in time, hopefully, what I see from what I've seen of the quotes and everything there, Sanchez is saying, look, I'm happy to stay at Arsenal. Shows ambition. If it shows ambition, then he'll sign. If it's going to show no ambition, he's not going to sign. And that 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 comes down to the board now to, to make a decision. Ultimately, the, the biggest decision is still to be made about the manager. Um, you know, at the end of the day, let's be honest, lads, he's just had 90 million and he's wasted that. Yep. So, uh, you know, See, my, my, my scare is that <clears throat> what you just mentioned early, 90 million he spent last season. <clears throat> we sell Sanchez for 50. That's 50 million of it recuperated. <laughs> Gronky <laughs> will take and, and stick in his back pocket and say, thanks very much. All right, I, I, I can do it for 40 million loss. Um, See, right what now, makes mate. people think we're going to get 50 million for Sanchez when he's only got one year left on his contract? He's worth 50 well, million, Tony, listen, surely. No, listen, listen. With I, no I, contract I, or not, he's worth 50 million. Value Pogba, he's worth 50, 60 million without any hesitation. But is any club, both in England and abroad, going to pay fifty million when, in six months' time, they can negotiate and sign him on a free? That is the problem that we've got, son. You know, but he's this, got one year yeah. left. So he, if he stays and says, "You know what? I'm going to dig meals in," you know, Arsenal will either keep me for the year or sell me for stupid, you know, peanuts, twenty million, thirty million. But then he can then command a bigger signing on fee. So you know, the the, the figure that's being quoted in the papers and in in the media, yeah. 50 million, 60 million, he's worth that every day of the week. But in today's money, when you look at him in, in a contract with one year left, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to command 50 million. It's just plain no, and simple. Just, we had Robbie Van Persie, who was arguably one of Europe's best players at the time. We got a measly 24 million and we literally handed Manchester United the league that year. Yeah. So what makes anyone think any different this year with Sanchez? The problem I've got, Tony, is what Chelsea can do here. Chelsea are in a very good position here because they could say to Endon Hazard, Look, do another year here, right? And we'll let you go to Real Madrid and pick up Sanchez for nothing. And I'm not being horrible. What then it's a win-win for Chelsea. Huh? Then it's a win-win for Chelsea because they yeah. get good money for Hazard because he signed a big contract and they yeah. get Sanchez for relatively peanuts. And you know, he'll provide the good signing on fee, but overall it'll be for peanuts. And what a great replacement. And that is all down to the mismanagement of Arsenal from top to bloody bottom. Yeah. Kenny, what are you saying, mate? Well, so, so I agree with all the points, but the thing about it is that we didn't heed the, heed the warning. After the FA Cup final 2015, Alexis Sanchez did say that he wanted the club to match his ambition, and that hasn't materialised. You talk about £90 million he's wasted. Arsene Wenger's had £250 million over four years. Correct. Which, which, and which he hasn't you know, materialised um, into the uh, title-winning formula. And, and, that, and that's, that's the problem we've got. I spoke to you in many occasions last year in various podcasts where I, I, I said last year that if Arsenal do not perform well in either the league or the Champions League, <coughs> the futures of our top players, I, at the time it was Alexis Sanchez and Ozil, will come under scrutiny and they will put the club's ambitions under scrutiny. And that's exactly what's happened. In terms of Alexis Sanchez and Chelsea, it just shows you what Chelsea is about on Arsenal. At Arsenal, 
we signed big players to replace outgoing players at Chelsea. They signed big players to play with other big players, and that's why they're big. They're big players in terms of Europe and um, and the Champions League. The same with Man City. I had a, I've got a good friend of mine in Chelsea, and he kept. He used to always say to me, "Why is it at Arsenal that you're the only big club that will sign a big player to replace someone who's left, whilst all the other clubs in Europe and in the Premiership will <coughs> sign?" a big player to make their club stronger alongside big players. And that's always been a problem Problem I've always seen at Arsenal is that people talk about the prudent years, but at Arsenal Football Club now, we're not in a position, we're not in a position where, we can, where we have to sell Sanchez and Ozil, which is, which is why I'm perplexed why players like Sanchez and Ozil are allowed to get into the first of the final year in their contract. What's, what's going on here? Yeah. It comes on to the point that... Why... That, are, why yeah, and, and that's the thing. Why are they? Why are they put in a position of power where they can actually hold the club to ransom in terms of getting more into more money in terms of their um, their say, weekly salaries, or say, or basically take the club and say, look, you've got to match my pension. A, a big club like Arsenal should never, ever, ever be told that you've got to match my pension. I mean, remember at, uh, Man United in 20, um, 2010 and twenty eleven when Wayne Rooney had the audacity. To, to talk, go up to Sir Alex Ferguson alongside his um, wretched agent to say that Man United didn't match his ambition. Who is right? And we, we were saying, who the hell does he think he is? But yeah, we've seen that at Arsenal time and time again. And after um, 2014, when Wenger um, um, received his um, contract exception, which was a mistake, and it's proved to be a mistake, we were told that we will never be in this position again. But we've got ourselves in this position not because of bad results, it's because someone at Arsenal is not doing their jobs properly. They are not monitoring the contracts of their um, top players and their up-and-coming players, i.e. by getting into transit negotiations. They are allowing these these players to get into the, like, their penultimate um, years of their contract, then let them negotiate. You should be doing that. You should be, after the first year, you should have, a, you should play, in every office I work at, a pl- all employees have an appraisal. And sometimes in certain appraisals, they have performance-related pay based on what they've done. Now, after every season, that is when the club needs to renegotiate contracts, offering them extensions, offering them more money by all means, and in time down. Don't let them get into last year's contracts. But that's Arsenal Football Club for us. When you've got a, when you've got a situation where one person is in control of the footballing side of the, the club, and you're getting him to. You're asking the coach. You're asking him to deal with agents. You're asking him to negotiate player salaries. You're asking him to negotiate to demand and value a player that we're going for. Then you're going to have this um, chaos. And unfortunately, we are the laughing stock of English football. Not just because of um, the situation about our dear manager, but because of situations like this, it should never be allowed to happen. It wouldn't happen at Barcelona, it wouldn't happen at Real Madrid, it wouldn't happen at Bayern Munich, it wouldn't happen at any of our rivals. Look at Tottenham. We laugh. We used to laugh at Tottenham, but I'll tell you one thing, right? Harry Kane signed a contract um, um, maybe a couple of years ago. A year into that contract, they're getting an extension of time down. Don't let him go to last year's contract. The same with with um, Dyer and all these other players they've got, they are trying to tie down their best players because they've got a plan. At Arsenal, there isn't a future plan on how we're going to do well. We're, we're basically 
thinking, oh, everything's all right. We're finishing above Tottenham. Yeah, we're a big club in there. We get top four. But our blueprint is to go for the title. And that, and that happened. And I'll tell you when it became our blueprint. When Mickey Thomas managed to toe put bowl past Bruce Grobbler in the 90th minute at Anfield. From then on, our blueprint is the title. So forget all the prudent years. I, you know, when we didn't have money to go to the stadium, there was never a prudent years. I'll tell you why there wasn't, because Stan Kroenke was brought in to cover the prudent years. So whilst we were paying off our stadium, we bought foreign investment to invest in the team. So the prudent years should never have happened. And that's one thing I've always argued. David Dean was right at bringing Stan Kroenke in order to cover the playing side. But as usual, the club that we used to call the Arsenal back in the 80s and the club that every, um, you know, all the opposition fans and opposition managers in, in mind and said, we're the Arsenal. It's been a shambles. Mm. It's been a shambles for about eight years. And it's, we're now the biggest laughing stocks in football. Sadly. I have to agree with you, Kenny. <laughs> you know, you look at, I mean, obviously my earliest memories of Arsenal are kind of 88, 89. You know, they're, they're my earliest memories. And you, you're right. Every, you know, it was, we were the Arsenal, you know. You know, you we I watched us at Highbury, and you know everything just seemed right. But I've always said the day we moved to the Emirates is like we left the Arsenal behind. And the day we sold our soul. Yes, and we you know the badge we left the, that old badge behind with you know Victoria um, Cacardia Crescent written on it. You know that's gone. The 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 the, the cannon's been switched. Um, the badge has been changed. Craig, what I'd say about that though as well, generally modern football, any club that sort of leaves their spiritual home, it ends up, unfortunately, that's part of modern football. Mm. Um, You know, there's not too many clubs that have left to go to a new stadium and have carried their, you know, their their old sort of, you know, spirit, you know, the fan base. Generally now, modern football moves on, the tourists come, you know, the influx of tourists coming, especially in London. Um, I think anyone that sort of moves to a new home generally settles their soul for the money. I get that, Tony. I really do. But uh, it's, it's become more of a business rather than you know people like us as as a fan. You know, we want different things to the businessmen that sit up upstairs. You know, in their suit and ties. Mm. I get that. I get that. Mm. But we should, even even though yeah, I I agree with what you say, but we should be educating these people. You know, this is our badge. This is all right. We mm. might, we might have moved, we might have moved from Highbury, but this is our badge. This is our saying. This is what we stand for. You know, you put this on your chest. This is this is this is who you are. But you know, I I look at that. I look at the crest on on the shirts that I've got now, and I think to myself, now <coughs> that's not me. Do you know? That's that's this is this ain't the club. Yeah, Craig, can I just cut in there? Yeah, I think the thing about it is that you talk about traditions and all that, but those traditions can only be maintained if you get the right characters on the footballing side of those things, and you're actually winning. Then you can maintain traditions. Sir Alex at Man United was the biggest, biggest, you know, bad man in the club. Why? Because Man United was successful, which means there was no such thing as player power or players not giving a rule. Because if they didn't perform for Sir Alex, they didn't get to play in the big games against Juventus in the Champions League and Liverpool in the Premiership. They were out. But Kenny, that was evident when he got rid of the likes of Stam, Keane, Beckham. He was the boss and it was either his way or, you know, you weren't at Man United. And that's the difference. You know, he he changed year after year uh, in the league. 
um, and he was the one that was in control. And it was, it was, you know, like I say, it was either his way or no way. Exactly, but that's just even Liverpool way. Back in the seven, everyone used to say to me, "What was Liverpool's secret? Why did Liverpool think?" And Liverpool say, "Oh, they let, it, the simple thing was Bob Paisley knew when players were not at the right club. Jimmy Case in the nineteen eighties was involved in a fracas in Liverpool. He didn't, which mean which meant, and also his performances dipped. Sent him down to Brighton, got someone else in. Nine eighty two, they went and won the league. It's a thing." Every, when a player is no longer doing it for you and you can improve in that position, that's where the position of strength. And that's where you can that's where you have the sort of the Arsenal, then the United and all the big things. And what we have at Arsenal now is that there isn't a sort how do I say, a ceiling of excellence. For instance, like we you, haven't, we're got, just you a, haven't got an Arsenal figure within the club. No, not yes. at all. We're, and, and you know, when you I, look at even when Vieira joined, you know, I always remember him saying that, you know, that the likes of Keown and Adams and Dixon, you know, that they told him that this is what it means to play against Arsenal. Yeah. You don't lose against Tottenham. You don't like Man United, you know, and every club seems to have them. You know, Chelsea have still got John Terry in and around the scene. We don't seem to have that that figurehead that's in and around the club. I know we've still got Perez in, involved in the club, but we don't have anyone, you know, even in within the ball. This we do. We have to, we, in the coaching, we've got Steve Bold. We got Steve Bold. We got Steve Bold. Like I said, I've spoken. Me and Lee spoke at length from the you know podcast and probably this one. Steve Bold, you know, everyone was probably one of the most underrated players during the George Graham time. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, and yeah, and you can just imagine Steve Bold. Me, if me and you played with Steve Bold in the not sort of late eighties and early nineties, and we made a mistake, the last person we wanted to see was Steve Bold and Tony Adams. We didn't need to see Tony Adams because Steve Bold would have had us up on the change rooms and pinned us to the floor. Fred I was just going to say, yeah. surprisingly, he was actually yeah. one of the biggest characters, for, you know, from what I've yeah. been told as well. And, and there was an incident as well, like Steve Bold. There was one time Ian, Ian, um, Ian Wright was talking about his first game in Leicester. At half-time, <laughs> there was gold down in um, the game against Leicester. And George Graham came and started shouting the players. So Steve Bold went, fuck off, George. Sorry, sorry, my language, sorry that. F off, George. <laughs> Who do you think you are? We'll do this. Stay out of it. And then he, he him and the players, sort out the players. You, can you imagine someone telling us something to do that? But the Steve Bold I see on the on the on the touchline there, sitting there, you know, it's not the Steve Bold, no, trying to help zip up Arsene Wenger's jacket. Yeah. He's not the Steve it's Bold that I grew up with. No, no, no. You know, it wasn't. Agreed. It wasn't the Steve Bold with Adams and the Dixons. You know, it wasn't the Steve Bolds at Old Trafford. You know, mm. uh, you know, it just it just doesn't seem right. So something along the lines have gone. And you know, me and Lee were very fortunate enough to go to a talk uh, last week with, with Ray Parler and, and Perry mm. Grimes and Paul Merson. Um, and a lot of the stories involve Steve Bolt. He was a character, he was loud, he was hard, he was this and that. And so I'm listening to ex-pros that have played alongside him, have been behind the scenes. So they're telling us these stories, and yet what we're seeing there is like not the same Steve Bolt that we all know. And I always ask, go back to the question, why? What you know? What's gone wrong? Is it Wenger? Is it just the way that... Well, it's definitely, it definitely is Arsene Wenger. <laughs> Arsene Wenger is... Um, I think what's happening is that I think Sol Campbell's made a very pertinent point in one of his um, in, a, in a YouTube clip that I'd sort of um, shared. A very rare good point. Yeah. yeah, and what it is is that this is actually this is Sol Campbell said, "Are we seeing the the, the true Arsene Wenger?" And I said something of a couple of weeks afterwards in terms of his coaching ability. Is this his actual personality and his actual coaching ability? 
Because you've got to realise, at the time, he had a lot of advantages when he first came. Not only did he have the mentality and he inherited mentally strong players, he also had the French market to himself. So he was very clever. Because if you look at French football now, French football, and it's no change in 20 years, they've got big players. Big, dare I say, African players, or, you know, from, um, or West Indian. Strong, um, powerful, from who who are primed and ready for English football? Now he hasn't had he doesn't have that market to himself, so he's changed and tried to play the sort of um, Wenger ball, the tiki taka Barcelona. But since he's brought Mesut Ozil into that side, we no longer play like Barcelona because Mesut Ozil needs a Cavola figure. <coughs> so can I just can I just oh, jump please, in? Please, please, oh, yeah. oh, I thought you yeah. was asleep, Lee. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I've just woken up. Okay, I've just woken up. Listen, I'm going to tell you a little, little thing I watched yesterday, right? And this sums up Arsenal to a T. I got home last night, uh, yesterday, and on BT Sport was a game 2002, 2001-2002 season, Liverpool versus Arsenal. Arsenal I know what you're going to say. In the table, if they won the game, they're going to second. I don't know if you remember it, I'll tell you about the game. We went, we were playing the game. Van Bronckhorst got booked for a foul, which was a foul. Mm. And then he got sent off with a... Simulation, five, wasn't it? Yeah. Which was never a dive. <clears throat> never a dive, but Paul Durkin couldn't wait to send him off. We then gets a penalty when Lundberg goes through. Dudek brings him down. It's, it's a penalty and it should be a sending off. He, do, he refuses to send the fella off. We score the goal. We then go in the second half. We go 2-0 up... Um, Perez absolutely skins Gerard, puts it across Lundberg scores. Five minutes later, Liverpool equalise. Uh, sorry, they, they make it 2-1. Yari Lippmann. Yeah, 2-1. 2-1. If that was the current Arsenal team now, we would have lost that game 4-0. Absolutely. And do you remember, do you remember what time, you know when Van, Van Broncos got sent off? Who, who went in midfield and played like, the, played like uh, as they played there all his life? It wasn't Cano. It was Wayne Quaid Cano. Yeah, who was it was probably one, but was probably one of our best players in terms of bringing them strikers into play, and he was very good at holding the ball. He went in the midfield and ran the show. No, no Burkamp in the side yeah. that day. Exactly. Him. No yeah. Vieira in that side because of injury. We had Edu on the bench come on and done a job. Now, if I was to meet Arsene Wenger, I'd say... So they, were, they, they were mentally different players to what they mm. are today. Technically, the players we've got today mm. are just as good, but they're weak-minded, physically but, and mentally. I don't think Arsene Wenger, Tony, has changed too much from that game. I watched it. Mm. Guys, who's ever listening to this, go and watch the, 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 that game. Wenger doesn't do a lot to what he does now. He just sits there fiddling his fingers. I watched it all yesterday. It's a fascinating insert. But what happens is, players decided mm. to... Ray Parlin runs himself into the ground that game. Martin Keown. What I'm saying is, if you look at the di- the DNA of that team, mm. the DNA of what we've got now, we are a million miles mm. away because we've not got art, grit and determination. Mm. You've got to have those things if you're going to go and win a league. But Lee, you, you, you're just saying that. There's a, there's an interview that Tony Adams done a couple of years ago. Uh, it, I think it was on Sky Sports or something. It was one of these where, you know, it was a one-to-one interview about his life, about Arsenal, etc., etc., he says that Wenger never coached the team. He sort of let the team get on with what they wanted you to do. You know, it was down to the team. It was this and that. So your argument is, has Wenger changed in 10 years? Probably not. Mm. But the players have because, you know, he inherited, like you know, like Craig said, a back forward, which was arguably one of the best in Europe, you know, even to this day. 
uh, you know, he was very lucky to sign Patrick Vieira, who turned out to be, you know, nurtured by Arsenal boys. Mm. We haven't got that today. We haven't got that, that, you know, that would run through brick walls for each other, that would run through brick walls for the manager of the club. We simply haven't got it. And, and that's the, and that that is an indictment of the of, of the sort of character that he is signing. Because one of Arsenal's biggest quotes is, "You could tell a player's personality on a football field." Now, if you look at the players we've had, let's just talk. Let's just let's just take it back. Not eight years, two thousand nine, when we beca- when from from the time we lost to Man United in the semi final of the Champions League was obviously the time that I wanted Arsenal Wenger replaced. What I saw that day was men against boys. Yeah. And what I saw was a capitulation in the big games. I didn't, I wasn't seeing characters who were able to be game managers on the field. And I, I calculated then that this was going to be a future. And since that day, against the big teams, our record since that day has proved me right. Sadly proved me right. And that's the thing about it is that it's all about characters now. In those big games, those sort of six-pointers, we've never been able to win those six-pointers and also those sort of um, nitty-gritty games of the Champions League. But we've always got away with it because we've had a better teams than the teams behind us. Now, we're in a sort of quagmire now because, like it or not, Tottenham are a serious team. A serious team. They, I respect them 100%. I do not like the, the club. I don't like the fans because of the historia. But they're a serious team that is going places, that there's only one way they're going, that's up. Liverpool on the clock are going to be a serious team if he sorts out their defence. Man United are spending money because they want to win the league. They're not, the reason why Van Gaal and Moyes got sacked is because they didn't win the league. Van Gaal was deluded enough to, to think that because he won the FA Cup and he got to the top four, that they, that was some sort of satisfactory um, personnel. No, no way it wasn't. His job is to win the league and he got sacked because he didn't win the league. And that's the thing. We are now in a situation where either teams are building or teams are spending money because their prize and their basically their sort of smart objectives is one thing, the title, the title or bust. It's not second place, third place or fourth. It's the title. And that's where the problem, the problem is. And that's where we're going to have problems in terms of trying to retain players like Alexis Sanchez because Alexis Sanchez has won stuff at Barcelona. He is a South a double South American champion with Chile, where he's yeah exactly. So he expects to he expects that success to replicate the Arsenal, and that's where retention of players like Alexis Sanchez is going to be tricky. Very well so said. That's a good, that, that's, you know, that's a good trait to have. You know, not being happy to sec- uh, settle for second best. Why should you? You know, we 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 moved to the Emirates to join the elite to, to compete with Europe's best clubs, both you know the Premier and, League and, and, and Champions and, and, League. You know, sorry, Tom. Okay. That was the right decision, Tom. It was the right decision to move to the Emirates Stadium. It was financially oh, oh, on paper, on paper. Uh, and definitely. Even though we sold our tradition and our soul, we have. To, what was happening is that if we stayed at. Highbury, yeah, Highbury. Then team, teams like the main teams like the main Uniteds would have gone way way above us. They're above Especially us anyway. With the, the TV I mean, revenue that that's not turning to you know. Top, they, man United. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 yeah, but, yeah, but, but what's happening in traditional terms? What Tottenham Hotspur? What is going to kill Tottenham? More ways than one is that. 
even though they're tying their players to big contracts, to lost contracts, you you get the highest paid top player at Tottenham, and you get the highest paid player at Arsenal. There's a massive gap. Everyone, Tottenham's Harry Kane is going to be probably Tottenham's best player, best paid player of all time at 100 grand. Probably Aaron Ramsey probably gets that now, or even even a bit more than that. Walker definitely gets more than that. Now, if you look at the, the ability of Harry, <laughs> yeah, Walcott gets 140, 140 grand. Harry Kane is Tottenham's best player at 100 grand. Now, Tottenham are retaining him, but one thing Levy's going to do, have to do, whether he likes it or not, is that he has to has to sort of um, play ball and basically um, get his um, hands dirty and um, basically um, mud wrestle, do a bit of a mud wrestle with all the big clubs because that will kill Tottenham. The salaries that they spend their price. Kenny, I'm going yeah. to argue with you. The fact of the matter is, yeah, Spurs will have to probably sell players, right? Mm. Yeah, but we're left. To, we're going to have to sell players. Mm. We've got this great big stadium, but we're still going to have to sell Sanchez if he don't sign. We're still going to have to sell Urzel. We're still going to have to sell Wiltshire. We're still going to have to sell Chamberlain. Mm. We still have to sell Ramsey. Well, yeah, and that, and and that and that is the thing, but that's not. Yeah, but that's not because we're. That's not because of like. We're in a financial situation where we don't have, we've got to sell them. We are selling these players because of poor, it's basically poor management. Poor management. Um, yeah, and gross mismanagement, where where basically you've got a man, a man who's a, a man who's in, got five, four or five jobs, no football man, and everyone's taking his word, his word is the law. He is, he is basically the judge dread of Arsenal. My word is the law. I am the law. You know what I mean? It's a dictatorship right. almost. Judge, exactly. Just let, let, let me ask you this question. Let, let me let, forget let, about money aside. If the team, if you look, the team we've got now is the best team we've had, certainly squad wise, for, for a number of years. If Guardiola or Klopp would have come in, Conte, for instance, you know, one of those, there's no way would this team be allowed to underperform in the way that they're doing now. They'd be, you know, the managers there would be so ruthless. You know, if you're not giving 100%, you're not in that team. Because I'm telling you now, if Oxlade-Chamberlain goes to Liverpool under Klopp, you'll see the real Oxlade-Chamberlain. Yeah. And that's that's the worrying thing, that he's got he's all the potential. For me, I think he's got all the ability. And, you know, on paper, he's better than Sterling. The difference with Sterling, he generally believes he's a good player, which is why it gives him confidence to beat these players. Mm. Oxlade-Chamberlain's almost as if he's in a shell. He's like... Oh, I don't. You know, I'm fearful of making a mistake, which ends up then making a mistake. And it's mm. like, you know, like Kenny Craig just said, you know, poor mismanagement. You know, it's just poor. The years after years, it's, it's just it's not acceptable. They have been mismanaged. The players, you, you know, especially for me, Chamberlain's the big one. Um, I think he, yeah, he's the biggest example. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> to, you know, so much ability. Um, I think people, a lot of a lot of our fans, are giving him a hard time. Um, but what can the poor boy do? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he was, you know, well, four, for the last three or four weeks, he's been playing in central midfield, arguably playing the best football um, best that, that, that he's played for us. And then <laughs> Bayern Munich comes along and he's back on the right wing. Yeah, yeah, he can't be blamed for that. That is down to the manager. And, that, and, and, and like I said, that, that is poor mismanagement. But then that's where sometimes the manager, you know, a good manager would, you know, pull that player aside and say, look, you've had a good couple of weeks. If he does want him to change position, you put your arm around the player, you know, you give him the little pep talk, you know, sometimes it's got to be a bit of bullshit. But generally, you know, a good manager will get the best out of those players, regardless of where he's playing. Mm. 
Yeah, you know, know, and if he's knocking his confidence, you know, you know, you know, questions have got to be asked. But unfortunately, it's not. But you can't, you can't, as a professional footballer, settle. If one week you're in the middle, the next week you're no, in no, the no. Left, that's, but... I'm, I agree with you. I'm, I'm yeah. blaming the manager because mm. you know, if he's had three or four good games, like you've just said, and then Wenger goes, actually, I need you on the right so we can accommodate Mesut Ozil. Oh yeah, I mean that's a good manager. Would still get the best yeah. out of that player by putting his arm around him yeah, and yeah. giving him a. Sorry, yeah, I misunderstood. But you like you're yeah. saying, he's just being sort of left. You know, he's he's getting hung out to dry, uh, and then his performances go wrong, and unfortunately, he's then getting criticised. When in reality, we should be targeting him and you know pointing the blame at Benga. Let me ask you a question. Yes, can I just say something? Yeah. We've got um, we're in what we're in March now, right? Do you, I honestly don't think Benga knows his best team. We're no. in March. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. That, but that's that's the, but that, that you could say that as well. But one of the biggest um, disappointments this season is like obviously obviously Mustafi hasn't been the player we what we've brought in, and I think that his understanding with Koscielny needs a bit of work. But my biggest disappointment with was is how um, Arsene Wenger's um, dealing with um, Granite Xhaka. I don't think he knows what to do with him. He doesn't. He doesn't. He. When he plays him in his proposition, i.e. deep line midfield, midfield, he actually looks half decent. But he's tried him as a holding player, a complete disaster. He's tried him in a two, a disaster. He's tried, he's tried him in a lot of things. And I don't understand why you buy a player for thirty-five million pounds. You clearly want him inside, yet you've never, you never actually worked with a player and decided how you're going to fit him in your side. It's like you just put him in the position to see how he goes along. That's not good enough. Yep. Kenny, can I just can I just say yeah. you you saying about the value there of Grant Shaka? Now I've seen signs that I think he could be a good player, but mm. we went and spent thirty five million on Granite Shaka, and yet we went head to head with Chelsea for uh, Angola Kante, and we pulled out because we wouldn't pay that extra couple of million. What has Wenger seen in Shaka to pay the extra three or four million yeah. than he has of mm. seeing Angola Kante? Beautiful I know point. obviously Kante is going to be on a couple you know a couple of grand more at Chelsea, but. We're supposed to be a big club. We should be matching those wages. Yeah. What has he seen in Granite Shaka to say that, do you know what, I won't buy Kante, I'll buy Shaka? Because I haven't seen it I'll personally. I'll throw another one in there, another one in there. What, what's, it, what, what's he seen there that's better than Wiltshire? No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I've, I was always been against Jack Wiltshire going out alone. I was, I was fully, fully against it. If, the first thing about it is that no one, there's no winners here. Jack Wilshire clearly falls through the low move so he can, um, you know, like make himself available for the national side. Since um, Gareth Southgate has been a manager of the national side, Jack Wilshire has not appeared in any of his squads. He's not had a minute of international football this season, yet he's left Arsenal to play so he can be available for the national side. So there's no winners there. Arsenal have lost as well because what's happening is that I think... Um, the signs I've seen is that we're probably better in a midfield three. And I envisage that if we play in a midfield three, then players like even Ramsey and Jack Wilshire would fit into that midfield three. Now, again, we don't have that option because one of, a player who could definitely fit into that position is elsewhere. We could try um, Jack Wilshire in the sort of, um, dare I say it, the Oswald position because he's quite an attacking player. But we don't have that option because he's in Bournemouth. And lo and behold... Jack Wilshire got a bit got injured in Bournemouth. Someone else has taken his place. They're playing. They're playing well. The system team looks good. Jack Wilshire can't get back in the side. So who wins? No one. No one wins. It's pure folly. Poor folly by our management to even 
countenance and even entertain the idea of Jackie Wilshire. And I mean, Jack Wilshire tw- dictating to Arsenal that, oh, I must go out of line because I must play for England. Sorry, Jack, you're an Arsenal player and the club comes first. All right. We just nurse- remember we loaned Jack Wilshire after yeah. we knew about the news of Cazola being out for the season pretty exactly. much. Yeah. Again, even that- worse, even worse. worse. Yes. Yeah. And that's it. We, we knew at that time that Cazola wouldn't last the season yet. We're in the same position again. It's poor the, other thing, guys, the other thing, guys, which is very important, is that we spent thirty-five million on Shaka. We could have spent that thirty-five million pound on somewhere where we where we desperately needed it. I don't think we needed Shaka. If I'll be honest, I think if we'd have spent another thirty-five million plus the seventeen million we've wasted on Perez because he obviously don't rate him, that's about forty-six, mm. and we could have gone and got Lacazette for that, or somebody mm. that of that ability that that could have could have. Certainly hit your twenty goals a season. Certainly. Yeah, but like I said, now now, if our dear manager is retained against our against our our best judgment, our dear manager is now I mean our dear manager is now gonna reopen um the sort of um scouting schools around France to the French market. So after the event of another season without a title, he is now trying to reinvent himself. Well, he's got a yeah. Can I just ask out of curiosity, obviously we're talking about, you know, players coming and going, you know, players not being good enough. You know, when you look at supposedly us being a big club, we should be able to attract anybody in the world. 100% my, my concern would be that even if, and I see this on Twitter, I'm not going to, you know, lay claim to this, but I see this on Twitter the other day. Even if we was to go and sign Ronaldo and Messi, I personally still wouldn't trust Wenger to get the best out of them. And that's the worrying thing. We could go and sign the world's best players and I still don't think it would make a difference because tactically, I think we're inept. I think we're weak. I don't think we have a plan B. Mm. Uh, and teams just know how to play against us. And that's regardless of who we sign or don't sign. Well, this is the, well, yeah, this is the same old argument I, you know, that, I've, I've, same, that I've talked about. Yeah, the same old Arsenal. Wenger, <laughs> Wenger hasn't changed his tactics since he's been here. Wenger yeah. hasn't changed the way he, he, he plays since he's been here. Exactly. How easy... Is it to play against Arsenal? Yes, okay. Not extremely. Every... Craig, yeah. we, we are we are a opposition coach's wet dream. Oh, so well, easy. You you could put your feet up for the week before you play Arsenal. We we yeah, they all you especially when it comes to set pieces. If you if you're a big side, you just think you know what? Put ten men behind a ball, hit them on the break. You know, like I said, win free kicks. Make sure we earn wins corners. And trust me, put a great delivery, block block our goalkeeper, block check or a spinner. And I'll tell you one thing, once check or a spinner is blocked, none of their players will, will follow the runners. Easy. Of course, the best the best example being West Brom. Yeah, but um, how many times yeah. have you seen that? In the last in the last kind of um, eight years, you've seen this all the time, haven't you? Teams at big sides, especially at set pieces, we don't want to do. I've got no problem with Zonal Market. Zonal Market is even up actually Zonal Market is better. Than man marking because with man mark man marking right, it's a basically like a William Tell situation. You can have nine ten corners right, and you could basically like hold the player off. You know, it's get lucky. Like, nine out of ten times you can hold him off, but the tenth time he gets lucky, that's a goal, right or wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's but why Kenny sometimes you sometimes just by challenging or just by marking will put the player yeah. off. Yeah. We can't but even you, do that. Yeah. We yeah, can't but, even do the basics right. Yeah. And but that's the worrying mark- thing. If, but I see, I see what you mean, Tom. But if you go by a zone, you're marking an area. 
which means yeah. you've got to be in track. I actually prefer zonal marking to man marking because you're marking an area and the person who's nearer to that area reacts. And it's actually better, which means you're not having a situation where there's a spare man. That's how zonal marking should be working. But also football club... Listen, there's, there's, there. there's pros and cons to that, you know, that, that you know, man marking or zonal. Each team works differently. That's why you train you know, five, six days a week. Me personally, as an example, I'm 6'6", six, six, I played Saturday and Sunday football. Generally, my teammates would all mark a player, would leave me free. 99% of the time, I'd go and attack the ball and I'd win it and clear it. We, we haven't got anyone that could attack the ball. You know, Jules mm. probably our best option. Leave him free and let him attack the ball. Yeah. You know, even if your, you know, your presence generally will put someone off and let them, let, you know, Juru should have a run on the, on, you know, on the ball and should win the header against the defender. Yeah. Isn't the bigger question here, though, isn't the bigger question here, going back to the Steve Bowl thing, how can we have Steve Bold as our assistant manager and be mm. so shit at defending? <laughs> and again, the again, score as well. Again, again, you've got it's all about output and like some control, a thing. Because again, we're what we have in Arsenal is that the emphasis at Arsenal, even when we even when we had um, the um, Tony Adams days, is that we've the emphasis was always on the attack, on the on the attack, attack, attack. And the thing about it is, Arsene Wenger is a gambler. He, he's the biggest poker player in football. Fucking he shit. knows. Well, at the moment, he's very poor at playing poker, especially in terms of um, trying to pull over the, the wall over eyes or over his contract. Has he got one or he hasn't? That's uh, probably another discussion. But in terms of like, in terms of like, in the last twenty years, he he knows that fifty percent, fifty-seven, sixty percent of the games he plays in the Premiership, he's going to win, and not ordinarily, especially in the alleged mythical prudent years, that's good enough for third or fourth place. But now there's a bit of conundrum there. Well, team, what's happening now is that if we're not dominating possession, or if we are dominating possession, we're not high in the opposition, and it's still at nil-nil, even though we've got 77% of the play, and it's still at nil-nil, and the opposition breaks and scores, we've got a bit of a problem. Teams are, as t- you, you know, Tony Lee and um, Craig says, are working us out, and that's that is that is the biggest conundrum also the biggest conundrum we've got now is down our left hand side we've had all season I noticed this in September when we played against um, Paris and Germain when Aurier basically murdered Montreal because Awobi was not giving him any sort of protection you know like, Montreal was probably one of the most improved players in the Premier League last yeah, year yeah. we've killed him incidentally Montreal. was that because Sanchez was in front of him look we don't yeah. know that yeah, but we don't know. Yeah, but Arsene Wenger has killed Monreal <coughs> by playing a woke yeah. be right in front of him. And, can I, and can I ask yeah, that, we are. This is a very important question. It's like all these, you know, Arsene Wenger's going to sign his contract. Is there anybody on the board, and I hope there is, asking the questions that we're asking? Well, no. Lee, it's a good question. It's a good question. It's a good question because I always say, always, my argument. Regarding our uh, dear manager's um, contract extension, with their, who knows, maybe his contract has been um, is come by horseback. I don't know, but what what I am to say about our dear manager is is that if the club were uni- unanimously behind the idea of giving a new contract, and I mean, and I mean, their their decision, their sort of decision is not under protest. Why has it not been announced? Now, why are we waiting for it to be announced? Surely, if if that was the case, it would be. It would have been. We'd have known about this at Christmas. I think I, they're scared of a, a big backlash. 
or or tone. There could be like a descent, descent, descenting. Um, maybe descent from maybe um, Gasidis, maybe Sir Kips Kedwick is having second thoughts. Well, the rumor. Of, sorry, Ken, to jump in there. Yeah. The rumor on the street is is that Gasidis and Keswick want Wenger to go. Well, so which means if they want him to go, then what's happening, right, is that if he does get an extension, then if they're gonna, then their 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 approval is gonna be under protest. Which means if Arsene Wenger's not getting any good results by December. We could face a situation where he'll be forced out. Mm. So we will need a new manager by December, which means if they are thinking about this and they are not unilaterally behind this this idea of a contract extension, they have to act now because we could end up being five years behind because of a decision that could be could be made now. Yeah, I think we're I think we're a couple of years behind anyway because we missed the trick with Klopp and Guardiola. Yes, we did. I think, uh, you know, certainly, certainly Klopp, he had the, uh, you know, he would have been there with the fans, you know, people can laugh at, you know, the, 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 his uh, relationship with fans and sometimes the way he acts, but he's passionate, he takes it all in, a bit like Podolsky, he takes it all in 100%, he grasps what the club means and he goes forward. And if you look at Klopp, people can laugh at him all they like, the squad that Liverpool have got is poor. Yes. And like, I think it was Kenny, you, you touched upon, Liverpool will improve. He will go there this summer and he will say, I want A, B and C. And he will sign at least two of the players he wants and he will improve them. Will we then be left behind? Because I think there's a big, big question, Mark. We can end up being also runs, you know, even more so than what we are now. Does anyone think that there is a chance that we can get left behind and that we will drop yeah. out of the top four and we will start to finish seventh, eighths, ninths? Yes, Yes, Craig, because the simple reason is that if you don't, because the other day, you've got to realise is that it's all about ambition now. And we are, Arsene Wenger is now in competition with top class coaches. Guardiola is a top class coach. Jose is a top class coach. Pochettino is an up and coming top class coach. Klopp is a top class coach. Then you've got a situation where I haven't even mentioned Koeman. We, one of the last season, when they were talking about replacements for our dear manager, Kuman's name keeps popping up. You are, we, we see Kuman and we see him, we, only, we see Kuman at Everton and Southampton, but what about Kuman with money? Yeah. If Kuman has serious money and serious players, he. But he's done with Kenny, Kenny, you say serious money and serious players. Tactically, I think if you look at his, his uh, games against Wenger uh, ratio in Southampton and Everton, I think you find he'll come out on top, you know, all the time uh, with a, you know a, a, quite a big percentage, you know, because it's not always about having top players. Mm. You know, the, the modern game now becomes almost a tactical battle, and I mm. think that's where we lose it a lot because technically, on paper, we've got one of the best squads in Europe, and I know people laugh at me when I say that. But there's a lot more to football than just being able to, you know, kick a ball and all that. You need to know, have the brains, you know, the tenacity, the heart, the desire. It's more than just being a, you know, good dribbling. Yeah, I, uh, think, I think you're, I think you're right, Tony. Because I think what it is right is that coaches around the football react to a react to a, a basic a style of play. For instance, Conte being remember, the example. It's, it's definitely like remember Barcelona when they had, um, bar, you know, like tick attacker play. They yeah, were dominating yeah. football. So coaches around Europe divide, designed ways to stop Barcelona. And then Barcelona, Barcelona had to change by going with a, a forward three. So if you look at the 
Barcelona. I think Mourinho under, bucked their yeah, trend, didn't he, with Inter yeah, Milan? Yeah, Inter Milan. And then other coaches did that. And Barcelona actually struggled in Europe. And the wheels came off in 2013 when they lost 7-0 on aggregate to Bayern Munich, which yeah. means teams were working them out. So they had to reinvent themselves under um, Enrique, where they play a free. So basically, the tick-attack style doesn't exist no more. And that's what happens. Whenever a team dominates, coaches will work out ways to stop them from playing. And that's the same with Arsenal. Everyone talks about Wenger ball. So what's happened is that coaches have defined ways to stop Wenger ball. But what's happened now is that we're actually in our position by bringing Meza Ozil on the side because with Meza Ozil on the side you can't play Wenger ball you just can't yeah. you can't it's tactically it's impossible to play Wenger ball but when you say Wenger ball you know an example was this year we played Lincoln we played mm. uh, Sutton we played Bayern Munich and yet regardless where we play or who we play or what surface we're playing on we play the same formation over and over again mm. there is just no difference with us so let me ask you this question boys the group of players that we've got now, okay, we, you know, we've sit here, we've been, you know, some of us, especially me, are guilty of, of giving my opinion on who's not good enough to play for Arsenal and who is good enough to play for Arsenal, and either, you know, are we saying then, if we, if, if a new manager came in tomorrow, right, with that, with that squad of players, do you think that a new manager would be able to get more out of them than Arsene yes. Wenger? Yes, yes, 100%. 100%. Lee? And that's this, not even necessarily this, a top manager. I think that could be anyone. That's a very good point, right? A year ago, you could sit there going against Arsenal and Spurs and you'd have an argument there was five Arsenal players, six Arsenal players. The reality at the moment is, on current form, only one Arsenal player would get in the Spurs side. Sonogo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he might make the bench. You know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is only one. Now, why is that? I, I look at it like Aaron Ramsey. Let's have a little thing here. I watched him against Wales the other day. I thought I'm going to have a little look at that. You know, it's a different player. It's a different yeah, player. He is. You know what I mean? Arguably I, one know, of the best Sanchez, midfielders at the Euros. Sanchez He's yesterday. not the best, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Sanchez yesterday tore, up, um, tore it up for Chile. He hasn't done that for Arsenal for a few weeks now. He's not done that. I, I look at Mesut Ozil, you know... Uh, is that right? He's German player of the year for the last two seasons mm. or whatever. Well, well where, where's the Mesut Ozil? Mesut Ozil, I think he's won it five out of the last six years. Yeah. Well, where is he yeah. when it comes to putting an Arsenal shirt on? Hector Bellerin. Well, yeah, I could tell you that. I I'm could, sorry now, but I, I fail to see how Mesut Ozil is the German player of the year. This year, last year? Unbelievable. Yeah, but Craig, you know what I think, I think what Lee's trying to say, right, is that the answer to your question, lads, right, is that a player needs defined roles in a side, and he needs a system, and he needs a role in that system. Man, can he? Me, and they can tell him that. Then, yeah, yeah. But if like Aaron Ramsey has a defined role for Wales, doesn't he? Alexis Sanchez has a defined role for Chile. Um, what's I think in terms of Germany, um, Joachim Love plays Ezra Ozil in three positions. Regard and basically he bases Ezra Ozil's position on the opposition that they play. That. He, he accepts that Mesut Ozil is a luxury player and he accepts that Mesut Ozil divides opinion like he does with us. So basically, sometimes Mesut Ozil will play on the left-hand side, sometimes he'll play on the right-hand side and sometimes he'll play on a false number nine. 
just behind them, or sometimes it's just played directly in front of um, Tony Cruz. But what it what is designed is to get the best out of Mesut Ozil in order so he can basically get the created aspect to German teams. When obviously when German teams play, they play teams will put men behind the ball because they they can't cope with the Germans not just their in terms of like their technique but their power physical power. So they play. Kenny, that, that's absolutely yeah. fine to have yeah. that uh, scenario. And, you know, if you go back to the Invincibles, right, yes. we had a player, you know, a certain Frenchman by the name of Robert Perez. Wasn't mm. renowned for his defensive duties. Uh, Patrick Vieira and Ray Parler, they've all said in interviews, we knew he wouldn't do his defensive duties. So mm. we knew we had to do it for him, which is fine. But every player knew their role within the team and would give 100%. Because going forward, Robert Perez would be the match winner. Unplayable. Defensively, yeah. he would do nothing. But Parler and Vieira would do a job. They would sit, they would hold, they would cover Perez fine. Unfortunately for us, we don't have something to cover him as Ozil. And I know mm. it's easier said than done, but if you've got N'Golo Kante this season, Mesut mm. Ozil shines because you don't have to worry about his defensive duties. And I know it's easier said than done because he's like a Duracell bunny, he just never stops. Mm. Oh, I could give you signing the right people for the right jobs in the right positions goes mm. a long way. Whether they cost five million or whether they cost a hundred million. Square pegs in red holes do not work. Well said, Tony. Well said, mate. I'll give you another player, right? Oliver Giroud. I watched him the other night. Unplayable. Yeah. He scored two, didn't he, Lee? He did. Huh? Two nice goals and all. Brought in players, holding up the play. Someone turned around and would say, oh, it was only Luxembourg. Well, he didn't do that against Lincoln. (laughs) <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. No, he didn't. What I would say about the Jura uh, up front that, for France. The best, it's, it's something not right, Arsenal. It's something not right. But yeah, Lee, but we've it, spoke many a times where we think fundamentally it's gone wrong. We know where we think. We, we think we can put the finger on a, you know, where it's gone wrong this season. And we think it's at Everton. Because we spoke about this before. Go on, we yeah. sat there, right, Everton away, 1 0 up, playing half decent football for 20 minutes. And about 20, I think it was about 21, 22 minutes in, a 50-50 tackle coming. Everton won it. All of a sudden, the players lifted, the fans lifted. Right. Five minutes late, a second 50-50 challenge coming. Lo and behold, Everton won it again. There was, a few, there was a few rares involved. And we noticed Sanchez and Ramsey had a bit of a bit of a to-do. Reports have suggested they've had a fight, which has never obviously been you know proven. But there was a lot of unrest that night both with the fans, the management and the players. Mm. Has something gone wrong behind the scenes? You know, because this is, this is supposed to be the closest group nip of players we've had for years. I well, think it's very obvious. It's very, I think it's very obvious that, no, that there's something no, sorry, gone it's, wrong. It's, it, it has happened. It has happened. It has definitely happened. Because was it Walcott? I'm hearing reports. Yeah, Walcott was on Sky Sports yeah, the other night saying yeah. that there has been... Ruptions in the dressing yeah. room. Yeah. There has I'll, been I'll trouble. There has, there, has, there, has, there has been trouble on the training yeah. ground. Yada yada. You know. Yeah, but so, this, this, this is what's been happening, though. There are problems with the scene because what's happening now is that there, there was a fight between um, Alexis Sanchez, Walker, and Ramsey. There was a situation we have players now who walk, who basically storm off at training. Petr Cech is not happy with the lack of leadership. He's, ha- he's unhappy with the lack of leadership in the, in the team. He's also, uh, Ospina's happy because he th- he's unhappy because he's not number one. There are discontent with Lawrence Koscielny's um, captaincy. The players are not happy. They don't, don't see him as much of a leader. So there's problems there. I'd have to agree also, with that. The, also, there are problems where the players are not happy with um, 
um, like Wenger's tactics, his coaching style and his training methods. There are four players at Arsenal who are not happy with him. And the players are Mesut Ozil, Petacek, Oxlade-Chamberlain and um, Alexis Sanchez. They are the four, they are saying, the centres, the centres against um, Arsene Wenger and his tactics. Against Bayern Munich, a lot of people were saying Ospina should have started, sorry, should have started against Bayern Munich in the game in um, the Allianz Arena. But there was discontent within the squad because Petacek didn't start. Now, I know a lot of you guys have got views on Petacek. Fair enough. But my word... But basically, the, everything, whenever Arsenal play big games, I always use an E word, the big E, experience. Petr Cech should have started in Munich because what will happen is that regardless of what you think of his ability, you need experience. Petr Cech... I mean, the blokes won it for one game, to, Exactly. Which meant, if, if, I was, if I was playing against Bayern Munich, who a team that was supposedly in the way, I would want Petr Cech in goal. Not because I think he's better than a spinner, because I want his experience. Experience, and there were players who were like, and Kishoni was one of them, who were unhappy with the fact that Petacek didn't play. So there is another discontent. And what happened? Whenever when we went two nil, two one down, the players done down tools, and that was when Wenger lost his players. He lost his players with his selection, but he definitely lost it when during a game when players down tools. And since then. It's he lost a lot of fans as well, Kenny, from his selections. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But keep, definitely. When you see all these players keep coming out and defending him, saying, oh, the fans think you don't get behind Wenger and this and that, and you think to yourself, hang on a minute, first and foremost, you need to show that us that you're behind the manager. We're paying fans. We pay your wages. We support the club. We'll be here long after you're gone. Hmm. First and foremost, you show us, the fans, the media, whatever you want to call it, you show us that you're behind the manager. Because at the moment, you know, talk's cheap. It's far too many of our players talk the talk but fail the walk the walk. What I can find, what I find interesting about that is, um, is that Tony, you say all the players. I've only heard responses from Monreal, uh, Iwobi, um, Ramsey, Ramsey, and Koscielny. and Giroud says something as well, isn't it? Giroud says something as well. Yeah. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but. Are they not players that if a new manager comes in, in danger of being gone? Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. So am I right in saying that these players are actually now, you know, can we take that as, can we take that as a job. sign? Yeah, can we take that as a sign that perhaps Wenger is going to go? Yeah, well, I'm not too afraid. Players like, um, um, like I said, um, Alexander Wobie should basically... Um, he wasted a good opportunity to keep, to shut up because what he needs to do instead of giving interviews and preaching to the fans, it's perhaps if he concentrated on his fitness and his finishing, he might be he might be a half decent player. Because but Kenny, what... in, in in his defence, and I know he's a frustrating mm. player, but I also think we can go back to you know poor mismanagement. Mm. You know, he came, he broke through was it last year before? Mm. You know, thought, cool, this kid's really good. You know, brilliant. Mm. Is he burnt out? You know, is yeah. he been given the right? You know, is he been nurtured right? Because when he when you've mm. got a young kid at 18, 19, 20 that's playing really well, suddenly has a bad game and he gets a few boos, reads the papers, mm. he's got a poor rating, etc., etc. Isn't that then the manager's job to say, Do you know what, I'm going to take you out the firing line for a bit, mm. you know, get your confidence back up, and I put someone else into the team. 
Just to go on that, I think Alex oh, Roby is a fantastic footballer. <coughs> and, yeah. and I think, and, and Tony, you hit the nail on the head, he's, he, he's a fantastic footballer, but he's also a bloody frustrating footballer. Yeah, um, yeah. He's an enigma. Yes. I think... Same old Arsenal. Same old Arsenal. I think he's got great potential to be, uh, to be well, you know, uh, one of our better players. Um, but like Tony said, again... And it goes back to the he's, thing of mismanagement. He's burned yeah, but out. That's down to him, though. But it's down to him, though. Because the thing is, you say that, but if you're playing that amount of games he's playing, you have to analyse analyse his performances forensically, just like the others. Because what's that with Alex Iwobi? You say he's burned out, but he keeps on making the same technical mistakes. Yeah, now, basic errors he makes, it, which, is, which is not, not the manager's fault, granted. Yeah, it's not the manager's fault. He is not covering his right back. You saw. You only have to look at the game at Stamford Bridge, where he was basically nowhere. And you look at the big games. Don't get me wrong. Koscielny needs a rocket up his ass because at Bayern Munich, um, in the first half, even though he went off injured, I was looking at, around at Alexis Wobie and I was looking for someone like Koscielny or Mustafi to just get him by the shoulders and just place him in front of like Kieran Gibbs is just say for the love of God stay there you need someone to do yeah. that to Shelney Mustafi yeah exactly it comes back to the lack of leaders and, 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 and that's and that's the thing and that's why I am sympathetic but I'm ruthless as well and I, I do think that his biggest things that are going to hold him back his fitness is terrible absolutely terrible because he's not lasting the game his finishing is, is, is embarrassing you have yeah. to look at the game in what you you have to look at the game at the Emirates when we at Tottenham, Tottenham where he's had a giveaway chance. He yeah. puts that away, mate. He needs to be ruthless. The first one but, when he literally rolls it back to Lorries. Yeah. So yeah. basically, in 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 terms of the appraisal, he, he's got a lot of work to do. Obviously, he's going to get work, but if you're playing that amount of games and you're a big club at Arsenal, your performances have to be forensically analysed like everyone else. And if you keep on making the mistakes that he's making. I'm sorry, lads. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the um, that get give him six six strokes of the cane. Simple. <laughs> let's 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 move on a little bit. We're running out a bit of a time. But Lee, we, I was talking to Lee earlier during the week, and we were talking about subjects um, that we wanted to bring up. Now, this is a good one, Lee. Sorry, now I'm just gonna get it up on my phone because it, it's that good. I've forgotten it. Um, <laughs> boy. Why isn't it fun supporting Arsenal anymore? Lee, let, let's come to you first, mate. You, I'm not having fun supporting <coughs> Arsenal um, at the moment, but I will never stop supporting them. You know, it's like that, it's like that meme that's about where, the, where it's raining and the Arsenal badge and the fella's holding the, the umbrella over the Arsenal badge. You know, and he says, doesn't matter how much I hate you, I still care about you. And I'll never stop caring. Yeah, I'll never stop caring, you know. But at the moment, Lee, it is not fun being an Arsenal fan, is it, mate? No, it's not fun. It's not fun. I'll tell you why it's not fun. Because, uh, obviously, we're not doing well. That's one of the reasons. The, the next one is is the uncertainty of, of everything. Uncertainty with the uh, with <coughs> the board level, the manager. Um, also, um, I think that um, when it comes to the summer in the transfer market, uh, we never have a good one. It's never enjoyable for us. We, you know, every other team's buzzing because they've signed this and signed that, and we're, we're just sitting there hoping. Yeah, we're in Asia playing. Yeah, and, and, and I think we've also touched on it a little bit. I'm fed up with people taking the old uh, wee wee out of us. Taking the piss, yeah. Taking the piss. 
you know, saying the same old fucking Arsenal. You know, I mean, it's not good enough. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a don at naming podcasts, aren't I? Yeah, it's a fantastic name of a podcast, that is. You know, Craig, give you a big up on that. <coughs> but, um, yeah, and I just think wherever you go now, people are laughing at us. Yep. And I'll and give you an example the... today. I was sitting at work. Oh, I, was, I was sitting at work with sitting at work with my uh, Arsenal tie on, and a fella comes to the desk and he says, commiserations. I said, pardon? He says, commiserations. I said, why? What's, what's happened? Oh, so you support Arsenal? <laughs> fucking hell! And that, do you know, like, I'm fortunate though. enough. I work with four season ticket holders, so you know, every Monday we're either happy together or sad together. <laughs> yeah. You know, my mum, my mum came home from Cyprus yesterday. She's been away for two weeks. First thing she said to me was, "Not hello, son. How are you?" She went, "Is, is it? Is his finger gone yet?" You know, the first thing she said to me. You know what I mean? It's and, and that's what you get. I have people at work come up to me, finger in or finger out. I can't stand it no more. I can't stand, you know. I used to be proud of being an Arsenal fan. The Arsenal, you know what I mean? The Arsenal. Time, you know, you you, you come in, I don't, I used to go to work on a Monday like a peacock. I go in there like a cock now, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Some things don't change. (laughs) Tony, what's your take on it? Well, for me, it's not just about the winning or losing. You know, I know, I know the old energy is, you know, oh, you, you know, you sing when you're winning and that, but I'm not just about the winning and losing. That's not why I've got the ump. That's not why I want Wenger to go. You know, I say to some people sometimes, you know, I wish I was a, you know, a conference side, um, you know, hardcore fans travelling every week, knowing who we are, what we are and what we represent. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just... I, I fell in love with a club that, you know... OK, fortunate enough, I was born in 87, so I've had a good couple of years. Um, you know, my whole family's Arsenal. But the modern football frustrates me. You know, the tourists, people with their iPads. You know, <laughs> <somebody's>, you know <laughs> someone's in front of you with an iPad and I'm trying to watch the football and, you know, sorry if one of you boys are an iPad there. Uh, no, you, God, no, I'm not. Well, um, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. Pen and paper, me time. Pen and yeah. paper. I'm a, I'm a you can't pint, spell. I'm a pint of lager. I'm a, I'm a pints of lager and a pork scratching kind of support. Yes, I mean, I mean, I used to go to the uh, to, to Highbury. You know, I started going. Um, you know, I've, I've been regularly going since my aunt took me to my first game when I was two years old. Funny enough, uh, at the age of three, I went to Derby away, CS win. I started going regularly with my mates on my own at 15, 15, 16. Uh, North Bank, you know, you had the band underneath. You had a, you yeah. know, a pint for two sixty. You had a, yeah. I think it was a pucker pie for two quid. You know, your shit on the, the whole shit on the floor, the peanuts. You know, I know people laughing. Smell of piss from the toilets. Yeah, that exactly. We've already spoken yes. about. The whole, the whole, um, you know, everything that I fell in love with football just doesn't seem to be there anymore. And even the the distance, you know, between the the players and the club and the fans there seems to be growing, you know, with every day. Mm. Um, and I know, I know, modern football. You know, it's not just Arsenal; it's just modern football in general. But you know, I've just become disillusioned with it all. I've got the club etched into my skin; that will never go. I've just, you know, I've got my season ticket, but I don't go as many home games simply because the atmosphere is shit. You know, you know, there's too many different fans. You know, from being corporate to you know what you call average Joes. I want to go there. I want to sing. I want to get behind the club. I want to get behind the team. And like I say, win, lose or draw, that's secondary to me. You know, I will support the club to the day I die. But I have become disillusioned with it all. 
I would never miss a home or away game for years. Um, yet Sunday night, I'm flying out to France to go fishing for a week. Yeah. I would never, ever do that. My holidays always planned around Arsenal. So if Arsenal was playing, that's it. We wouldn't be going away. Yeah. But now I'm thinking, do you know what? They don't give a shit about us. So why should we care about them? Mm. And it goes back to with the umbrella that as much as they frustrate me, I'll always care and I'll always be a gooner. Yeah. But, you know, some some fans, some, you know, I, I class myself as a hardcore fan, an old school hard, hardcore fan. I know I was only born in 87, but I know my history. I know the stuff. I'm born and bred yeah. Arsenal. You're the right generation of supporter, aren't you? I think. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I've been very, very fortunate. And like I say, this goes, this goes, uh, you know, way up beyond the, the, you know, the win-loss record in the stats for me. It's not just about winning and losing. And that's where I think a lot of fans, you know, especially outsiders, need to understand that the fans' discontent is not just to do with losing games. There's more to it. Absolutely, Tony. you know, yeah. the, the behind the scenes, there's more to it, and that's where people need to understand the difference. Kenny. What, 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 what do you, Kenny, what? Let, me, let me ask you this, Kenny, right? What, what do you say mm. to the fans on Twitter or in the street or on Facebook that, that say to us, oh, you Arsenal fans are so ungrateful, you know, try, try being a, uh, try being a, fucking, I don't know, Norwich City a fan, mil, you know, a Millwall fan, yeah, like my mate. Yeah, try being a Norwich fan yeah. or try being a Leeds fan. We won the league and now we're in bloody, you know, mm. What would you say to them fans? Well, I, the reason why, I, I, again, I say to those fans, you've got to realise one thing. Clubs are different and unique. You can't base your experience, your current situation on an Arsenal football club. Different animal, all right? We are, we are a massive club. We've got massive expectations. We are still, we, we, we still we, financially, we're still in a position with the league. So we have every right to demand success. And uh, our expectations are high. But I, I look at all these fans from other clubs and say, what are you complaining about? And I think a lot of them are no different to certain fans who are loyal to Arsenal Wenger. They're the sort of fans that make me want to just, you know, like, you know, bang my head against the wall and draw blood. <coughs> because the reason why I say that is that they, they're one of those people who, along with these fans are clubs, they're apologists for the technician unacceptable sensation of their club. You hear all these other these fans, oh, it wasn't like this in the 60s and 70s. Well, I'm sorry. We don't have players like Trevor Ross anymore or, or Wilf Washington or David Price or Jimmy Rimmer in goal or, or Billy Wright as manager. We have players now who are, play, who are full internationals. They are playing, they're some of the, probably the best, about the, probably the best top 50 players in Europe. We we have seen in our lifetime us win the league five times. That is our blueprint now. So when other teams from other clubs have the audacity to talk talk nonsense about oh you are so shouldn't <coughs> I said to them concentrate on your own club, mind your own business. All right. And one thing is you you look at your club and you're more than happy to own your size. At Arsenal, we. As fans, own our size. We are we are comfortable with the fact that we are a massive club, and we are comfortable with the fact that we have expectations and ambitions, and nothing other than a title and a European Cup will do. That is a fact, Arsenal. Now you can either be part of this, or you could just abdicate, exempt yourself from that. Fine, that's your that's your support experience. I'm never going to 
argue with another Arsenal fan support experience. They will support Arsenal to stay pleased. But me personally, I expect nothing but the best, and I demand it. Especially when you're never... paying upwards of £1,400. Yeah. So, you say, it's, ne- it's, not, yeah, it's not even the money. Even though I was an armchair fan, I'll still demand that Arsenal will, will aim, aim higher and, and I will get upset by it. I'm not setting up my standards on basically what Norwich is doing or what Leeds United are doing in terms of the championship or what Portsmouth are doing. I couldn't care less about Portsmouth. I don't love Portsmouth. I don't love Norwich. I don't like Leeds. I don't love Millwall. I don't care about them. That is their own club and their own ambitions. I care about Arsenal. And I know the potential of the club. And I'm very excited about what this club has. I am. This future is very bright and very exciting. We have the right infrastructure for success. We, have, we are a cash-rich club. We have our facilities are the best in Europe. All we need... Is the right man at the top. We get our man in, and I promise you, the future is only going to be brighter. And I promise you, right, don't bet against us winning the title in a, in a new manager's first season. And I'll tell you why it can happen, because it happened five times. Kenny, 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 I'm nearly crying. I am nearly crying. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I just want to say, just to add to that, like, you know, when... when when supporters say to you about that, uh, and, and one thing I always say, you, did, you ain't took my ground away. You ain't took. I, I go to West Brom. West Brom fans are saying, oh, "You're still at Hawthorns, mate." You know what I mean? You go to Anfield, it's still Anfield. It's still Liverpool. You mm. go to Old Trafford, it's still Liverpool. But they took out. They took out. They took Highbury away from me. Yeah. And replaced mm. it with a soulless full, bowl, cream yeah. bowl, full yeah. strings. Took my yeah, a bowl, a soulless bowl that don't get its titles. Don't win us Champions Leagues, so that uh, so I feel a little bit bitter towards. I'll never forgive them for it, Lee. I'll never forgive them because we were sold a dream. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. But I'd guys, like, this trip, sorry, to Ivory and, mm. and finish six. At least I still had my Ivory where I grew up and everything there because we're we're six now with with a with a heartless place and ninety but million we, down but, the drain. But but thing is, guys, this could be so much better. This could be so much better. We have to accept that there are different fans. We have to, whether we like it or not, there are going to be fans because we have priced out our hardcore working class fans. So you are going to get, you are going to get idiots FaceTiming their girlfriends during the match. Oh, look at me. Oh, hi, hi, honey. Are you all right? Oh, you just scored. Ah! You know what I mean? You are going to sit in front of me, Kenny. Don't get that far, mate. You are going to get you are going to get um, genital heads, genital heads, genitalia heads at at games. You are going to get people who are probably going to talk about. No, me and Tony come out of games. We're very volatile when we come out. We turn like, you know, but we come out. You got just a bit. Just lost to Swansea at home, for instance, right? Mm. And you have got people. Well, oh, can you take a photo of us on the? <laughs> you know, really, I want to throw the phone at them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> that's the mentality you've got now. Do you know what I mean? There's me and Tony walking out there like that's ruined our night, and you've got people. Can we ever? Can you take a photo of the badge and all that? Like, you know, I, like, I, I don't knock it, right? It even happened in the sort of old school. I was. When we lost to Liverpool in the league, league FA Cup final two thousand and one, we were at the service station. I decided to um, spend a lot of money on Burger King, not like me, and I saw some <laughs> Arsenal 
fans, they were smiling. They were all laughing and joking. We lost to Liverpool nah, in the last minute. I couldn't I do that. Right. Yeah. I went I wanted to jump I wanted to jump off the Seven Bridge. Mm. I wanted to commit suicide because we lost. And this was happening in 2001. So what's happening now is nothing. And wh- one of the things I don't like about our fan base, and I want to address it now, it's probably not appropriate, right? As far as you guys are concerned, you're Arsenal fans, so you're part of my family. So if anything happens to you, out and away, Grant, I will immediately back you. We don't see that no more. We have situations where Arsenal fans are going to the club and emailing the club to get other Arsenal fans banged. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That is, I want that. They're, that, they're not. They're not true. They're not. They're like a true part of the football family. No, they're, 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 I want that stopped. A new they're, breed. They're a disgrace. They're a disgrace. They're a disgrace. They want filth like, or trash right, like that in their fan base. Right too. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And when you're hearing when you're hearing things like that, I mean, you know, you've got to sit back and just you know blow your cheeks and just what is going on? You know what has happened to us? And what I want to know is what what was the biggest question? Um, I just want to finish on this because we're running out of time. Yeah. Um, we have a manager who has won us titles, who has won us FA Cups, and has won us a title. Unbeaten. Okay. Now, how has Arsene Wenger became? Sorry, how has Arsene Wenger become such a poor coach? In, in those I think we touched in, upon that earlier, Craig. I think maybe years. the players that he had back in the day, you know, done his job for him. Yeah, yeah. He's not evolved, is he? All right. All right. It hasn't evolved. Sorry, Ken. One second. And I, I always use. I've always used. The saying that I've, you know, we've, we've, everyone's heard me say it before. When he first came here to the English football, he was 10 years ahead of any football manager, and that includes Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm. Yeah. Now Mm-mm. he's 20 mm. years behind everyone. But Craig, it's easy. You said you can go and buy a loaf of bread from the shop, and it's as fresh as a daisy. If you leave it on the side for a couple of weeks, it ain't going to be fresh no more. Yeah. It goes stale, it goes mouldy. Yeah. But so, but again, he revolutionised English. He revolutionised English football with his. But did he? Did he's he eating ways. Listen, he's eating ways. He's mm. dietary. You know, he, he, he's, he's tactics. He, whatever. You know, I'm thinking. You know, I, I I can't stand the bloke anymore. Um, you know, mm. I want him gone, um, and I will slate him till you know I'm blue in the face. But credit where credit's due, he did come to English he football. Did. He did. He did revolutionise mm. the game. Mm. He did change the dietary. You know, Tony Adams is an example. Ray Parler, he gave them extra years in their career because he changed their dietary mm. plans and, you know, their drinking mm. habits. Um, so we have got to give him credit for that. You know, uh, I think, Craig, you touched upon it. He, he, he cornered the French market earlier on. But unfortunately mm. for Wenger, he allowed A, people to catch up with him, but then B, to overtake him. Yeah. So this mm. bloke who, who was perceived as a genius to start with was a genius. But unfortunately, everyone else copied him, you know, got better than him, and has left mm. him behind. And that's the biggest problem. He, he's not, you know, Ferguson would uh, re- reinvent himself year after year, where Wenger doesn't. Wenger's yeah. the same Wenger that we've had, you know, from day dot. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to finish on that, lads. Uh, we're going for an hour and a half. It's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure it. again. Uh, Lee, 
Thank you very much, yep. mate. Um, you're going nice. to... I really enjoyed that tonight. It was a good discussion, that was. tonight. You're going... I take it you're going to go on uh, Sunday? I will be there Sunday, yes. Yeah. And Wednesday. Dearie me, you're glad... Oh. You... I've, got... <laughs> I've got a feeling, right, I'm going to leave it on a positive note here. I've got a feeling that Arsenal are going to come back and do the business on Sunday. I don't know what Sunday, but it's definitely going to be on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably be right. uh, one of the games in Australia on the Sunday. <laughs> in the summer. Yeah, mate. Tony, no, Tony, thanks for coming on, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure, pleasure having Appreciate you Appreciate it, Bruce. Thanks um, for looking after yeah, me. Being gentle. We will certainly be uh, having you on again, um, as we will be having on again Kenny Ken. My boy, Kenny Ken. I love listening it's, to you, mate. It's been absolutely fantastic having you on again. Well, well, well I, I thoroughly enjoy my time. It's nice to meet Tony. Can you appreciate Rupert, can that, I mate? just ask you a question? Rupert, yep. can I just ask you a question? You know when you, t- you know when we were at um, one of the um, European games, I think it was like um, it was, I think it was ludicrous. You told me that when you come to games, you come, with, you always have a mate who always is a big lad. It's Tony, this big lad you come. <laughs> it's, t- it's that big lad. It's after me at games and all that, like yeah. Tony. Is it Tony? It's Tony, isn't it? It yeah, is. That's it. Yeah. We call him. You, you, when Tony said he's six foot six. Yeah, we told you six six. I've, I, I, I kind of worked out that that you're Lee's minder. Well, Tony, stop it. I'm normally Lee's minder. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's only because I get pension care, so I look after him as his care of. <laughs> What's that? Do you get do you get do you get twenty five pound a week from him? Oh, I'd be lucky to get a pound off of Lee. I get through the <laughs> NHS carers allowance. <laughs> On that well, note, so that's good enough, isn't it? <laughs> Love you, Lee. On that note, I'll, I'll be. Before we go, I'll be at um, Man City, um, West Ham, and I'll be going to Crystal Palace all the way. And I think we're going to win all three games. But that's me. I'm, I, I, know, I know it's going to I'll probably end up well. But... Drinking, Kenny. Yeah, I bloody I hope know, we win all three day. games, but I can't see yeah. it. But you know, match day, I get, I get so nervous. I still get the nervous excitement before matches. I don't sleep well. I get up really excited, rubbing me hands. You know, like I said, you know, very so tension. I get really, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I get really, like nervous, and you know, like I, I can't be around people because so I'm so up for the match. And I still got that love for the come. That's probably why I, I can't walk away because yeah. I still have that nervous tension. Before You'll never the match. be able to walk away, Ken. Never. Ah, never I can't. Never. 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 For the people that are listening to the podcast, thank you very much um, for listening to us all rabble on. Uh, thanks very much for all the shares and all the downloads and everything like that. It's really overwhelming. Um, loads and loads of good feedback coming from you all every week. Um, it's massively appreciated. As long as you're all enjoying it, we're going to keep doing it. Um, so until next week, where we'll be back to talk more Arsenal. Um, hopefully, hey, you never know. We all might be in a good mood next week. Uh, we might have something <laughs> good to talk about. We might change... The day of recording, though, because there's a game next Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, there is. Yes. Um, so we will probably, we might do it the Tuesday night or we might do it the Thursday night. I haven't decided yet, but we, we, we will bring you an episode next week. Um, on behalf of the lads who have joined me this evening, thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you again next week. All the best. Up lads. the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Go no, you Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.